0: Amen. All Well, once again, I'm going to ask you, how many guys besides John is excited for Christmas? woo Yeah. Yeah. All right? Yeah? As we know, obviously, Christmas is a great time of excitement and stuff. In fact, it's so exciting. Once again, the deacons got in on this. You know what I'm saying? In fact, hey, we're going to do it because you know what? I've learned this lesson, at least me, Kim. You cannot start Christmas at sunrise until you see this video. You ready? All right. Here it is. The deacons in action. Let's take a look.
1: Próspero año y felicidad Feliz Navidad Feliz Navidad
0: Yeah, give it up for the deacons, that's right. Yeah, every year I keep waiting for those jumping beans from Don, but he never shares them. But anyway, uh, but anyways, you can see that Christmas is a great time of excitement. Once again, the deacons are in on it, but I don't know if you've noticed this trend, though, we always seem to say the same thing every single year when Christmas is over. We say, man, wouldn't it be great? It's just too bad. Wouldn't it be great if we could just have that, that great Christmas excitement, that, that feeling you know, all year round instead of just one week? Have you ever said that? Okay, well folks, believe it or not, I'm here to give you, hopefully, an exciting Christmas present. And believe it or not, you really can have that great Christmas excitement and feeling and joy and stuff if you get back to the true meaning of it, okay? You really can every single day of the year. Unlike this guy, he he, he didn't know what it was all about. There's this little boy named Bobby, right? And he went to his mom demanding a new bicycle for Christmas, right? And his mom decided that he better take a good look at himself and the way he's been acting. Real horrible all year. And she said, Bobby, first of all, Christmas isn't about just getting what you want. Besides, we ain't got the money. So here's what I want you to do. Why don't you write a letter to Jesus and pray for one instead? So he throws his big old temper tantrum, whatever, so he gets done with his tantrum and stuff, and his mother sent him to his room. And so finally Bobby sits down to write a letter to Jesus, and here's what he said. He said, Dear Jesus, I've been a good boy this year and, and would appreciate a new bicycle, your friend Bobby. Well, Bobby, he knew that Jesus really knew what kind of a boy he was, you know? So he ripped up the letter and decided to give it another try. And he said, Dear Jesus, I've been an okay boy this year, and I want a new bicycle. Yours truly, Bobby. Well, Bobby knew that uh, uh, this really wasn't totally honest, and so he once again tried again, wrote another letter. And he said, Dear Jesus, I thought about being a good boy this year, and can I have a bicycle, Bobby? Well, Bobby looked deep down in his heart, and and he knew he'd been terrible and almost deserving of nothing, right? And so he crumpled up the letter, he threw it in the trash can, he goes running outside, right? And he's aimlessly wandering the streets of Las Vegas here, and he's depressed and thinking about the way he treated his family and stuff of that nature. And he's really considering his bad actions. And, And finally, Bobby finds himself in front of this church building. And he goes inside, and he kneels down, right, and he, he, he's looking around, not knowing really what to do, and, and finally he gets up, and he starts walking out the door, but as he walks out the door, he knows there's some figurines in the sanctuary there. And then all of a sudden, he grabbed this small one, he runs out the door, he went home, he hid it under his bed, and he wrote this letter, Jesus, I got your mama. If you ever want to see her again, give me a bike, you know who. <laughs> See, you just thought I made that up, didn't you? It's one way to get the interns to do the right thing. Give it up for Bobby, yeah! Put the figuring back. Yeah, and that bike I hear is a motorcycle, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, He's really wanting to give, but anyway, but seriously, how many guys would say that unfortunately, we got him corrected here, but unfortunately, Bobby didn't have the real idea of what Christmas was about, you know what I'm saying? Right? We, we got him fixed down. and believe it or not, I'm hoping to do the same thing today. If we're honest, folks... Even as Christians, we know better, but sometimes we do the exact same thing. We celebrate Christmas for all the wrong reasons, and so we miss out on, believe it or not, having what we could have, and that's that great, wonderful Christmas feeling all year round. Okay? Therefore, with just how many days to go? Five, Five who's counting? I guess we all are. Uh, I'm going to remind ourselves of the true meaning of Christmas, okay, and how to get that great Christmas feeling every single day of the year. And the first way that we do that is by remembering that Christmas is supposed to be a time of great joy. I mean, joy, unbelievable, you can't even contain it, okay? But it's got to be for the right reason, okay? But don't take my word for it. Let's listen to God's. Open your Bibles to Luke, the gospel of Luke. Let's take a look at what Christmas is really all about, and if we get back to the true meaning of it, does it, in fact, give us joy? Absolutely. And uh, everyone who hears the true message, let's take a look, Luke chapter one. Let's take a look at the gospel there, verse 39 through 47. And this is, of course, when Mary uh goes to visit elizabeth okay and uh, she has uh, the john the baptist in her womb and uh, but this is that encounter and listen uh to the reaction there to the news about the savior jesus being born luke chapter 1 uh, verse 39 let's take a look at what the bible says this now at that time mary got ready and she hurried to a town in the hill country of judea where she entered a uh, zechariah's home and greeted who Elizabeth. Now listen, when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, listen, the baby, what? The baby leaped in her womb. Notice it wasn't a fetus or blob of tissue, it's a child in the womb. Okay, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And a loud voice she exclaimed, "Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child that the uh, the mother of my Lord should come to me." Okay, blessed is the child you will bear. Why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? And as soon as listen, she heard the sound of your greeting. Okay, reach my ears. The what baby in my womb leap for joy. What? The, what this is what and then she said blessed is she who has believed what the lord has said to her will be accomplished and then mary gets into it and mary said this my soul glorifies the lord and my soul rejoices Woo-hoo! in god my what savior little side note there notice that from the lips of mary uh she needed a savior just like everybody is right she wasn't perfect okay but as she, according to our text what i want to bring out is not only did the baby in elizabeth's womb john the baptist sleep for joy but so did uh, elizabeth get all excited about it and even Mary herself right in this encounter why because listen folks when the news of the savior jesus christ being born into the world listen to what to rescue us from a bad life a mediocre existence a poor economic stature no The news when the Savior being born into the world to rescue us from eternal damnation, when that news comes on the scene and you hear it for the first time, woo, isn't that exciting? I mean, don't you remember that when we first got saved? You remember that day? (laughs) Woo, yeah. Or did you have to say, well, okay, I accepted Jesus as my Savior. Could somebody please... Sermon on joy, I've really got to learn how to express myself. Are you kidding me? It was just all over the place. Woo, yeah. Just like what's happening here with Mary and Elizabeth and even the baby, John the Baptist, in the womb. This is what Christmas is all about. This is what should give us joy, okay? It's about the complete 100% forgiveness of our sins. Do you understand that? It isn't just the sins that we know about. What about the ones we don't know about? Are they covered? Mm Mm-hmm. What about the sins we forgot about? Uh Uh-huh. What about the sins in the past? All of them. Yeah. How about today? Uh Uh-huh. How about the future? How many days we have? Are all of our sins forgiven? Yes. Yes. Isn't that great news? That's what it's all about. It's about 100% full forgiveness of all of our sins. We're not, listen, not just not going to hell. Now we're headed to the polar opposite, to heaven, a place beyond our wildest dream that lasts forever, all because it's a free gift from God through Jesus. Now that will give you some joy. Now, can I tell you something? That's what Christmas is supposed to be about. It's about the birth of Jesus when all this was put into play, right? And just listen, as it caused them great joy, even the baby, whoa, the Savior's here, got excited about it. You and I can get excited about it as well, okay? And listen, not just the day of the year, but if you keep on remembering the true essence, the true meaning of Christmas, why are we celebrating this? Then you can have that joy all year round, Right? Are you only joyful one day of the year when you reflect on how you got saved and you got full forgiveness of sin? No. If you remind yourself of that every single day, what can you be filled with? With joy as well. That's the meaning of Christmas, okay? Now, the problem is that's not how we celebrate it anymore. And Christmas, if we're honest with ourselves, it's been hijacked, okay? I don't know if you've noticed this, but most people today think that Christmas is just like another day at the office or something because uh, you do all the work and some large guy in a red suit gets all the credit, you know what I'm saying? It's just kind of that same kind of thing. And, and most people think that Christmas is about getting as many as material gifts as you possibly can instead of receiving the greatest gift of all, the gift of eternal life. Okay, And I want to show you just how far off, yes, sometimes even we Christians get off track of the true meaning of Christmas. Let's take a look at what we typically do every single time uh, this year with shopping. Yeah, shopping. Isn't that exciting? Uh Uh-oh, you don't want to raise your hand, do you? Well, let's just take a look at some stats. Individual shoppers are expected to spend an average of $800 this year on gifts alone. All across the board, at least $800 is the average, okay? In fact, one year, we used 28,497,464 rolls and sheets of just wrapping paper. Okay, with that. And, that's right, that's not good enough. We used 16,826,362 packages of tags and bows. Okay, uh, with that as well. And the percentage of adults who buy gifts for themselves while shopping is 73%. <laughs> no, it's not even about giving a gift to somebody else, right? It's, uh, I got to get myself something, okay? And listen to this. I just got this at this week. The National Retailer Federation states that we will spend about $630.5 billion, not million, $630.5 billion not 1000000 630500000000 dollars on gifts and goodies this year, this year alone, right? Wow. Now as a result of that, there's a payday that comes. Partly because of this, now Americans, we over $901 billion in our credit cards. That's almost a trillion dollars in debt just in credit cards. And we all know that high credit card debt is one of the greatest sources of joy for all mankind. It's just, (laughs) oh yeah, I did it again. No. But you take a look at the statistics, and Christians, we get caught up in this too. I don't know about you, but it looks like somebody's done a great job of not just hijacking the true meaning of Christmas, okay, but getting us to go along with it, and we get ripped off on what should be a time of great, fantastic joy, okay? Instead of being excited over the birth of Jesus, we're pressured into expending ourselves financially to the point of going in debt. Otherwise, here comes the social pressure. You're a greedy, mean, insensitive, non-caring parent a loved one. Because you didn't get me that doodad or the latest gizmo. What? One guy, he puts it this way. I've shared this before. I don't know how better to put it than this. He said, if people like you and me in America, whose needs have already been met, are going to keep America going, we got to buy. And we got to buy what we don't need. And we got to buy what we don't need in larger and larger quantities. Now, as absurd as all this may seem, the survival of our way of life, our economy depends on this, Right? And here's what they've done. They trained us to spend money we don't have to buy things we don't need to impress people we don't know who in the end are people who don't even care. And if you doubt this, think every year at Christmas, he says. This is where it all culminates, right? Your biggest problem was probably not figuring out where would you get enough money to buy the presents because you could always go into debt, right, for family members and friends. Instead, it was trying to figure out what do you buy for people who have everything. He said, "Now the answer to that is self-evident. What should you buy for people who have everything is Nothing, he said, but you didn't have the guts to pull it off, did you? No. He says, instead, you went up and down the aisles of the department stores, surfing the internet, having anxiety attacks, panic-stricken, you searched, yeah, even prayed that somebody somewhere invented some new things that nobody needs just so you can give them to people who already have everything. And he said, listen, this is not an absurd description of a rational world, it's a rational description of an absurd world. And might I add, it's an absurd meaning for Christmas. But if you don't do it, you're gonna hurt the economy, or you don't love your loved one. What? And then we go in debt. Now, I've said this before, I don't know if you guys realize this, but I learned many, many years ago. Did you know the word debt also functions as an acronym? D-E-B-T, and it stands for this, Dumb Excuses for Buying Things. <laughs> and that's what debt is, right? You gotta have a now, right? And with all due respect, what dumber excuse is there for buying things than to be pressured in Christmas time to buy things that nobody needs to impress people who don't even care? What's that got to do with Jesus? What's that got to do with Jesus? Okay. And again, I'm not here to rain on your parade. I'm not anti-gift. I'm not saying don't buy a gift. We bought gifts. We bought a lot of gifts. But let's be honest, Christian. During this time of the year, do we deliberately set aside a time to reflect and pray and remember, even go through the Scripture? Dare I say? with our family, our friends, whoever, anywhere, during our time of opening gifts, or do we take the time to say thank you, Jesus, for the real reason why we're celebrating that you have come and forgiven me of all my sins and you've rescued me from hell, you promised me heaven, this is fantastic, thank you, I leap for joy. That's what we need to do, okay? But if it's all just about buying stuff, then folks, let's not call it Christmas anymore. Let's be honest. How about we just call it what the world's turned it into? How about consumer mass? Right? It's great for the economy. Okay? Christmas is not about buying stuff to fill your stockings high. It's about Jesus Christ being born in a stable so we can have a mansion when we die. Okay? And listen to this, folks. A so-called Santa may put gifts under your tree, but Jesus Christ became our gift, and he died on a tree so that we could have the gift of eternal life now listen if we get back to that listen this excitement this joy it, we could have it every single day because again you don't have to just take time out to reflect on what jesus has done for us and saved us and forgiveness from one day of the year i hope you do that on christmas because that's what it's supposed to be about but if you do that every single day of the year can you imagine the joy we'd have unspeakable if we just get back to the true meaning of Christmas, the second way we can receive that great Christmas feeling all year round—not just a great time of joy—Christmas is also supposed to be a great time of unity. Unity. Have you noticed that our world's just a little bit messed up? You know, that the, we all seem to be fighting against each other. Well, did you know if you get back to the true meaning of Christmas, it brings us all together as one. Great message, not just for this time of the year, but every single day. Let's take a look at that passage when the news of the Savior is born. Once again, Luke chapter 2, verse 25 through 31. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout, and he was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him, and had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So moved by the spirit, okay, the Messiah, okay. Moved by the spirit, he went into the temple courts, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the uh, law required, Simeon took him into his arms and what? Praise God. Now again, so he's full of joy, again, when you hear the news, woo-hoo! but he goes on and he says this sovereign Lord as you have promised you shall dismiss your servant in peace Why because my eyes have seen your salvation which you have prepared inside of all people Listen a light for revelation to the Gentiles. That's the non-jewish people. Okay, you and I and for the glory of your people Israel So here we see now Simeon with what's going on. He's not only filled with excitement when he hears the news of the Messiah uh, being born, but he's excited now because salvation, listen, has not only come, God has in fact fulfilled his promise. Salvation has not only come for the Jewish people, it has come even to the Gentiles. In other words, God's plan of salvation was available to everybody. Anybody excited about that? Okay, now it's not just now available to everybody and that fills us with joy But when we become born again by the Spirit of God, listen, that means we're all one and God does what only God can do and it doesn't matter who you are what your pedigree is What your size is background is it doesn't matter. We're all one in Christ And that's what Paul says. We're all one in Christ Galatians chapter 3 There is neither Jew nor Greek slave nor free male nor female. You are all one in Jesus Christ. And this is God's great plan of salvation. Listen, it wasn't just the forgiveness of sins. It was unifying mankind in Jesus to do, dare I say, what Congress or the UN can never do, to make humanity one. This is why Simeon could die in peace. This is what Christmas is all about. Unity, listen, not just this time of the year. Have you noticed that? We seem to get along. Even with that person sitting next to you in the pew are a little bit nicer to them than normal, right? We seem to get along, right? But listen, if we get back to the true meaning of Christmas, it could happen all the time. Wouldn't that be awesome? Okay, it's true. But not anymore. We're off track. Christmas just seems to be a plain weird holiday to most folks. I mean, think about, think about it, folks. When else do you sit in front of a dead tree and eat candy out of these big old giant socks? I mean, you can call them stockings if you want, whatever, they're socks, okay? But again, it's because Christmas has been hijacked, okay? We've lost the true meaning, okay? And listen, it's now about pushing your way through the crowds on a Black Friday instead of being at peace with your fellow man through Jesus Christ because of Good Friday. And now, remember, it's supposed to bring unity. We're all one. We're at peace with God, peace with our fellow man. This is what the world has now turned this blessed, wonderful holiday into, Black Friday. Let's take a look. You tell me. Let's take a look at what goes on every Black Friday. Okay, you tell me if it produces unity. Let's take a look at some of the headlines here. Let's take Black Friday is finally dying down, but now video of the madness is going viral. (laughs) We found this video from a Saginaw Walmart. People were pushing and shoving, trying to get their hands on DVD players and GPS devices. They even toppled one of the displays. Black Friday shopping off to a painful start for shoppers at a Los Angeles area Walmart. Police say that a woman sprayed fellow shoppers. This actually happened with pepper spray in the packed store. Oh. Please grab the person's hand in the pew next to you. Let's begin a Christmas carol as we all begin to tase one another. Because that's what Christmas is all about. <laughs> Can you believe this? I mean, how so often we just joke about it. We, what's going on, all right? People are trampling over each other, yelling, fighting, squishing over the ladies' doodad, tasing, pepper spray? What has happened? Christmas, folks, has been hijacked. It's the exact opposite of what it's supposed to be. Listen, it's not about the, anymore When the world's eyes, it's not about the birth of Jesus Christ. It's about killing each other, trampling over each other, tasing each other to get that bargain basement price or whatever it is, okay? And again, that's all it's come to you. That's all it is. Can we be honest? Don't call it Christmas. Call it shopper mass or something, right? Because that's what it's turned into, Okay. Christmas is, believe it or not, not about tasing each other over a deal of a lifetime. It's about being forgiven by God and being united in Jesus Christ, listen, all of mankind. That's what it's all about. And believe it or not, folks, it's so powerful that even in the middle of a war, that if we were to get back to the true meaning of the birth of Jesus Christ, It'll stop it just like that. Now, believe it or not, it's already happened in history. It happened in World War I. Watch this.
1: As a boy, Christmas time always meant visiting my grandparents in London. Grandmother loved to bake and spoil us with presents and cakes. After she died, it wasn't the same. Grandfather had never been one to say much, and he became even more quiet once he was bedridden. Alone in his room with him one Christmas Eve, neither of us knew what to say. To break the silence, I asked about an old photo on his shelf. I knew he had fought in World War One, though he rarely spoke of it, but something unlocked in him that night, and he told me this story. It was all supposed to be over by Christmas. Of course, it didn't happen that way. We spent every day and night in the trenches, and all the time the enemy 50 yards away waiting to shoot us it felt like nothing could ever end it that christmas eve was about the lowest i'd ever felt we got packages from home your grandmother sent me a picture of herself but it just made me miss her more late that night though something happened i heard singing I grabbed my rifle and poked my head up just enough to see the lights, lights, all along the German trench. The Germans were singing Christmas songs and lighting candles. I don't know what drew him, but one German soldier climbed out of his trench and began to walk across no man's land. It was the bravest thing I have ever seen. Soon. I heard some of our men singing along with the Germans, and a few of the fellows started to climb out as well. Before long, most of us were out there. We shook hands with them. Shook hands with the very Germans we'd been trying to kill. I guess we all wanted Christmas more than war that night. We spent all of Christmas Day right out in the open with them. We made small talk old jokes, traded little gifts with each other, and some of us held services, reading the Christmas story back and forth in English and German, and praying together on Christmas morning. I wouldn't believe it if I hadn't been there myself.
0: An actual world war came to a screeching halt. Because of the true meaning of Christmas. You ever have wars in your workplace? Your family? Church? Neighborhood? Friends? You want to put it to an end? Get back to what it's all about. Of why Jesus came. It'll go away just like that. We are all one in Jesus Christ. Christmas is not about trampling somebody else's death in order to get a good deal on Black Friday. It's about Jesus Christ dying on the cross to unite our world on Good Friday. This is the blessed news. Red, yellow, black, and white, doesn't matter what size, what pedigree, rich, poor, doesn't matter. We're all one in Him. We have peace with God. We have peace with our fellow man. And it all started when God sent His Son to be born into this world to grow up to become a man, to make that all possible. That's what this time of year is all about. Great joy, great unity. And the third and final way, it's a time of great hope. Man, this is encouraging when we get back to that message. Let's take a look once again at the Gospel of Luke. uh, What Christmas when you hear about Jesus coming on the scene, what it should fill you with. Zechariah chapter 1 verse uh, 67 through uh, 75 in Luke. Zechariah is filled with the Holy Spirit and he prophesies and he says this Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel because he has what? He has come and redeemed his people. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David as he said through his holy prophets long ago. They've been waiting a long time. Salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all those who hate us to show mercy to our fathers and to remember that his holy covenant the oath that he swore to our father abraham to what rescue us from the hand of our enemies to enable us to serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days so now we see zechariah busting into it and he's all excited because listen put this in the context they've been waiting a long time a seriously long time God had made a promise way back when to Abraham and generation after generation after generation waiting and all of a sudden, hey, it's here. And the promise, Zechariah says, is listen, just was not for the Jewish people, it's for all of mankind. That we could be rescued from our enemies, that we could serve God without fear. The hope of all mankind is here. It's finally here. And that's what he's saying when all hope was lost for the Jewish people just when you thought things could never turn around It's never gonna change. God's never gonna show up the rescue missions never gonna get here Bang God shows up on the scene and he sends his son Jesus Christ. He initiates the promise and sure enough, God delivers. He made a way for His people, the whole world, to be forgiven of sin, but to also become one in Him, to be given victory over our enemies and freedom from absolute fear. No wonder, listen, Zechariah prophesies and he is filled with hope. Yeah. Yes. God did it. He brought us through. He's making the provision. This is what Christmas is all about. We got freedom. From fear, salvation, from sin, deliverance from our enemies. Isn't that absolutely awesome? Now, the problem is that's not what's going on anymore. Most people today, the very next day after Christmas, you lose all sense of hope, right? Because that's when the bills come in for all that crazy spending, right? And then you do get afraid, okay, because your enemies, the credit card companies, are coming to get you right? It's the exact opposite, okay? That's not what Christmas is about, okay? Christmas, listen, is to be a time where we remember that, listen, for us, not just the Jewish people, what does Romans 5 say? When all hope was lost for all of us, when we were still sinners, while we were enemies and ungodly, what? Bang! God enters this world. He sends his son, Jesus Christ, to forgive us of all of our sins too, not just the Jewish people. We could all become his children, okay? There is always hope. In fact, you look at God's track record. He never reneges on his promise, If he said he's going to do something, I don't care how impossible it seems, I don't care how long it's been, he will arrive. You see this all throughout the scripture. Abraham and Sarah, right? What's going on with them? Did they have to wait a while for the promise to come? Yeah. Abraham's 100 years old. His wife's 90 years old. Ladies, how many would like to have a baby at 90? 90. Yeah, okay. She's still waiting, right? And and they thought for sure. They're never going to have a child. God promised. Where's he at? I don't know. Is it ever going to happen? It's too late. They're too old. You can hear the excuses. It's impossible. They're medically whipped. Bang. God entered the scene. And Isaac was born the very next year. The children of Israel, they're leaving Egypt. What's going on? They ran into a problem. Their backs are against the wall, right? The Red Sea's on the one side. The Egyptian army's breathing down their neck. Oh, no. We're doomed. God promised he's going to take us into something better. But it just seems like it's getting worse. What happened? Bang God enters the scene he parts the Red Sea and he's delivered them from every one of their enemies they go on to dry land themselves perfectly safe how about Joseph you ever have some family problems not like this guy uh, his brothers tried to kill him they threw him into a well they sold him into slavery they lied to his dad that he was dead he was falsely accused of rape they, he was thrown into jail he was left in the prison to rot I mean surely if there's a guy when he was a teenager God made special promises he was going to use him. but look at his life it's all messed up it's never going to happen bang God enters the scene What happens? Here's the message of hope. He makes the second highest ruler of Egypt. Listen, God not only uses him to save tons and tons of people from a famine, but he even brings back his estranged family again. Over and over. We don't have time to talk about David defeating Goliath. Gideon defeating the huge army with clay pots and torches uh, Samson defeating a thousand men with the jawbone of a donkey The prophets of God making an axe head float Elijah got fed by a raven an angel of God Listen took out a hundred and eighty-five thousand Assyrian soldiers who were trying to kill Israel And how many times do we read the accounts of God raising the dead healing the sick walking on water making a way? Where there seems to be a way why because God is on the throne and as long as he's on the throne There is always hope and this is what Christmas is about When all was hope was lost, the world was doomed into darkness. We're all supposed to be going straight to hell. Bang, God sends his son, born as a baby. Hey, guess what? There's hope. There's hope not only in this life. There's hope beyond the grave forever and ever. I've done all the work for you. All you got to do is now receive this wonderful gift. God gave us a baby to give us life. There's always hope. Like this couple learned. This is another true story as we close. 1947, this year. Eleanor Monroe, a lady, she she contracted tuberculosis. And it came on so fast and it lodged in such a difficult place, the lower lobe of her lung, that it stymied every doctor who had tried to help her. Well, finally, Eleanor was listed as a hopeless case, and she was actually sent home to die uh, at a TB hospital uh, that December. When she arrived, she was only 23. She was the mother of a year-old child, and she was down to 87 pounds. There was no beauty left in her, but even at this last stage of her fight with TB, she had not lost her smile, and it was this smile that caused a Dr. Joseph McDougall to make one more attempt to try to save her life. And he decided to try a new experimental procedure to force air into the cavity below the lungs, pushing up the diaphragm against the lung, okay, and it was hoped that this would force the TB cavity to shut and grow back together. But the next day when they uh, tried the procedure, it nearly killed Eleanor. So Dr. McDougall told her that medically they were whipped. Listen, if anything was to be done to save her, it had to come from God. So Eleanor, she took this news quietly, but she made one request of the doctor. She said, Doc, if I'm still alive on Christmas Eve, I would like your promise that I can go home for Christmas. And Dr. McDougall thought for sure she wasn't even going to come close uh, to making it. Uh, And and so he just said, okay, yeah, I'll give you that promise, okay? And he knew that she shouldn't even go in the first place because she's highly contagious, okay? But he really thought she wasn't going to survive that long, so he gave her the promise. But against all odds, when Christmas arrived, Eleanor was still clinging to life. And although her condition was worsening, she held the doctor to his promise. And so he warned her not to have contact with her child and instructed her to wear a surgical mask, okay, when talking to others, and an ambulance took her home. And she returned the next day, Christmas Day, her condition worsened. At the end of February, she had uh, weighed less now than 80 pounds. And then a new complication set in. She became nauseous, even when there was no food in her stomach, and and unable to explain this new development, uh, McDougal called in a senior doctor who jokingly asked McDougal if he thought that Eleanor could be pregnant. And he thought, the idea is ridiculous, right? There's no way a woman in her condition can conceive. Nevertheless, they actually ran a pregnancy test, true story, and it came back positive. And when she was told of the results, Eleanor simply smiled and blushed because as it turned out, when Eleanor went home on Christmas Eve, she and her husband shared what they believed was to be their last night of intimacy together. And every day, the staff expected her to die, but soon an amazing thing began to happen. Eleanor's condition began to improve. Her fever went down. She regained an appetite and actually began to put on some weight. And the chest x-ray showed that the TB cavity had actually begun to heal. How? Well, as it turned out, the child growing in her womb was pushing up on the diaphragm of the lower lobe of her lung, and the baby was doing what the medicine had failed to do, pressing in the sides of the deadly hole in her lungs together so that it could heal. And against all odds, when all hope was lost, Eleanor actually made a full recovery. Why? Because on Christmas Eve 1947, God gave her a baby to save her life. How many guys would say that couple was a little pleased with the gift that God gave them that year? He gave them a baby to save the mom's life. And that's what I think God's trying to do with this study. I'm not here to rain anybody's parade. But if we, there's something better. We're getting robbed. If we just get back to the true meaning of Christmas, this is what we can enjoy. Listen, not just one day of the year. Christmas is all about the birth of Jesus, which unwraps everything. The greatest message of all that we can enjoy every day. That when all hope was lost, all of mankind, not just that couple, we're in a seemingly hopeless situation, an eternally hopeless situation, God gave us a baby too named Jesus, to fix it all. If we would just receive it. And if we get back to that, then we really can have that great Christmas joy and unity and hope. Not just one day of the year, but every single day of the year. Wouldn't that be awesome? Isn't that the greatest Christmas present of all? So let's not just us enjoy that. Let's this year share that present with the people around us who have no clue, and they're still out there warming up their tasers. Right? <laughs> Let's tell them the true meaning of Christmas. Let's pray. Well hi, this is Pastor Billy crone of Sunrise Baptist Church and Get a Life Ministries, and I hope you enjoyed today's study. But in closing, before you go, let me ask you one final question. If you were to die today, are you sure that you go to heaven and not hell? You see, here's the problem. The Bible says that nobody automatically gets to go to heaven.